Welcome to Kara's Cures, the digital show and podcast. I'm Kara Sundlin. We like to explore the cutting edge of wellness. And today's podcast is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services for state-of-the-art fertility services in Connecticut. Well, there is no doubt the pandemic has taken a toll on teens. And in one way that's really hurt them is perhaps with negative body image. So my guest today is the founder of GoZen. This is right in her wheelhouse. Rini Jane, thank you so much for being with us. Sarah, thank you for having me to talk about such a challenging topic that affects all of us, right? Not just kids, not just teens, <laughs> all humans. All humans. And, you know, I have a teenage daughter, and, and this is concerning. Studies are showing that COVID-19 stress, physical and social distancing, all of that has now been associated with greater negative body image. So why is that? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Before COVID, I think that we were talking about screens, you know, screen time, getting our kids off screens and the effect that the negative social comparison of being on social media can have on girls and boys alike. And then COVID hit and they were on screens. All we could do was put them on screens, right? So I think that screen time definitely has had an effect. There is a huge correlation. I think that kids are seeing themselves, even if they weren't on social media, they were in virtual classrooms. So they're seeing themselves on screens, you know, in the camera all the time. And so the comparison becomes very, very real for them, very immediate for them in a way that we've never seen with any generation. Um, there was a lot of, you know, increase in childhood obesity. So there was a couple percent increase in, during COVID over the last two years, which is a big bump. Um, you know, we were living sedentary lifestyles. So there was something going on where, there was a real effect on our bodies. And then, of course, when it comes to body image, the way we think and we feel about our bodies, the perceived image, there was an effect on that as well. Right. And there's so much, especially on social media, uh, I'm thinking of just young girls scrolling. We, of course, always had magazines. There were always, you know, ideals that were difficult to live up to. But how is it different now? Yeah, you know, it's different because a couple of things. One is if we're just consuming the information, there is this never ending scroll, right? These screens are designed to feel like they're never enough. So when we're on TikTok, when we're on Instagram, and I think there is a condition in the thumb now with scrolling, there's something that I don't know what the diagnosis is, but kids literally can't stop. They're made to keep scrolling. And so we didn't have that. When you finished a magazine as a kid, you finished the magazine, right? You consumed a finite amount, and it probably affected your brain somehow. But for kids, they are continually on these things, and they are designed to feel like they are never enough. Now, everybody on social media, everybody, but most people are living some kind of filtered, highlighted lifestyle. So your images are filtered, right? Your videos are filtered. I think you and I were even chatting about how we're on Zoom right now and our faces probably have a little, little bit of a touch up. So we're not seeing reality and we're seeing highlight reels. And so no matter how grounded our kids are, no matter how grounded we are as parents, this is going to affect them. This is going to affect them. They're seeing kids their age, you know, giving makeup tutorials and fitness tutorials. And it's not a bad thing to want to look great. It's not a bad thing to want to be fit, but kids are struggling with, you know what? I'm not whole as I am. When our kids come into this world, they feel whole. They look in the mirror. They don't think about how many likes they're getting. They don't think about what they're wearing. They don't think about their hairstyle. I had a really hard time getting my daughter to even brush her hair as a kid. 
But as they start to get older, all of those things on the outside start to affect how they perceive themselves and their identity. And it is we're entering into crisis mode here. Yeah, when you say crisis mode, we're talking specifically about negative body image. And again, you're comparing yourself to a filtered image or perhaps the idea that a product is being sold to you that says you're going to have these great abs if you buy this. Um, so especially with, uh, I, I would guess, that teen girls are a little bit more susceptible to the body image problems because uh, of just how it's marketed to young women. But what do you do about it? Yeah, what do you do about it? So I think that we need to explicitly teach certain things to our kids that these that what they are doing and the habits that are being cultivated and the addictions, frankly, are having effects on their brain. And we need to teach our kids to really have power over the power button. When I'm talking to kids, when I let them know if they're holding a screen, that that screen actually wants to have power over them, no kid wants a device to have power over them, that they have power over the screen and not the other way around. So one thing we can do is not take the tech away because the tech is there, right? But to teach our kids to live with it mindfully. So really it's about, okay, before you pick up this device, whether it be your phone or your iPad or whatever, you are going to scroll with a goal. So before you even go into it, you are going to be mindful and decide what are the three things or the two things I want to do when I'm on this device, right? You have a goal in mind. And then you begin to catch yourself because, again, yes, this is, this is specifically about body image, but it really is about getting off that screen to know and living in reality and living in the real world so we can see real people and how they live and what they're doing and, and not live in these screens. So one of the things is to scroll with a goal. <laughs> what I call it having a goal when you're scrolling. And another thing we really need to do is that, you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, we were hammered with diets and, uh, you know, there were models and TV actors and there were things that affected our body image, but it wasn't constant. And I didn't feel like I need to go out and buy this product. I need to take part in this fitness routine. So one of the things that we really need to do is teach our kids that they are so much more than a number on a scale, for example, right? So there are a lot of girls and boys who are addicted to weighing themselves constantly. And we need to talk to them and ask them, what are you without that number? You know, what, what are all the other things that you are? And then I think our language around body to ourselves, you know, as parents and adults in the lives of these kids, that language needs to change. A lot of times without knowing it, we might be saying, oh, I put on a little bit of weight or I'm not happy with the way this looks. I really think we need to start talking about health and about strength and about balance. So now when I'm going to work out, for example, and my eight and my nine-year-old see that I'm going out for a run, I say, I'm going to make my heart strong. I'm going to make my body strong. And that leads me to another intervention that we have found has been very effective for kids when it comes to negative body image is to really start talking about the functionality of the body. Tara, the body is amazing, right? The, the nose can smell trillions of scents. You know, the eyes can take in billions of light senses. If we know what our body does in terms of function, we are in awe of it. 
And so when we have a child who's like, I don't like my thighs, you know, I don't like my arms. What we want to do is start cultivating this idea. What do your arms do for you during the day? What things do you lift up? What strength do you have? Those legs took you on a bike ride last week, or they took you on a hike. You know, those legs, they do something for you every day. Now, this might seem like it's, you know, way too simple to work, but when we start orienting our mind into functionality and the functioning of our body, we start to fall in awe with ourselves and our body. And we start being a little bit less concerned about, am I too big? Am I too small? Am I, you know, there's lots of beautiful shapes and sizes everywhere. Right. And I think, you know, especially as adults, uh, maybe we can have that self-reflection. But part of what you're doing at GoZen is even just teaching that emotional intelligence to kids because the pressure for them definitely feels feels bigger. And maybe because of their development, when you're a 15-year-old girl, you're just going to be harder on yourself maybe than a a grown woman. So is it different for our kids um, about how we do this? Yeah, you know, we didn't have Emotions 101 in school. We had math and science and English, and a lot of traditional schools still have that. Um, But the amazing thing is that both public and private schools are starting to adopt character education programs and social and emotional learning programs because emotional intelligence is a very great predictor of life satisfaction and success. And we can teach it alongside all of those other core subjects. So it goes on, we are trying to embed that kind of curriculum into a side-by-side with math. We're always saying to teachers, you know, give us 10 or 20 minutes from your core curriculum, and we will not only give you more emotionally intelligent, intelligent kids, but the research shows, and we have seen, that kids will actually improve academically because these two things go hand in hand. It's not that a lot of kids you know, struggle in school academically, it's not 100% because of the skill set. A lot of times it's because they have turmoil going on Mm -hmm. inside, right? They have something else happening within them that they need resolved so they can focus and they can apply themselves. So it's very important for us to have this education early. And the beautiful thing that we know is, is if we teach everyone skills of resilience before they need them, We can prevent a lot of what we're seeing in mental health right now. We can prevent a lot of the occurrence of anxiety, of depression, not all of it, but there's a lot of prevention that's possible if we don't wait until, you know, our kids end up in therapy down the line. Yeah, well, and uh, let's talk about um, even the GoZen program. If people are listening uh, and you go to GoZen.com and you're involved in your school, this is something you can ask your school to add to their curriculum? Absolutely. So, you know, we wanted to meet kids where they're at. So we rolled up a lot of these ideas into animation. And so we use animation, we use games, we use, you know, beautifully illustrated journals to teach a lot of skills of resilience. And so, yeah, you can absolutely ask, you know, it's appropriate for middle elementary through middle school. Um, And you can talk to your administration, you know, and you can even check out samples if you go to gozen.com. Yeah. So if we're having these conversations with our kids, especially I'm, I keep going back to the teen, that's probably because I have a teenager. It, even if it seems like they're not listening or they don't value what you're saying, we need to still be having them right and telling them, you know, what you're looking at. How often are you looking at? How does that make you feel when you look at that? And do you know that that's not real? I love the way that you phrase that and how does it make you feel, especially when it comes to the teen years. You know, we're moving more into 
motivational interviewing, let's say, as opposed to just giving them advice. A lot of times if we're just giving them advice, they're rolling their eyes or thinking that we don't get it. But when we start to ask them questions and truly authentically get curious about their experience, you know, instead of saying, oh my goodness, that stuff is going to melt your brain, just turn it off. We start to say, what is it? I see that you're on Instagram for two hours. There must be something interesting on there. I'd love to understand what that is and kind of enter their flow and enter their world because the goal is for them to begin to open up to us and start to have conversation around this. So we can, we can start to truly get it. What is it that you're doing on there for so long? And that's a pathway in, you know, to conversation and getting realistic about what we can do about sort of minimizing what we're seeing on the screens. Yes. And I think I'm guilty of that, too, of like, stop it. It'll melt your brain. I definitely have had some of that stuff as well. But we uh, I, I think TikTok is also <laughs> yeah. for parents. A lot of us are not on TikTok uh, the way that kids are and they love it. Maybe more. I mean, Instagram, you have a lot of parents and kids who are on it or Facebook. Kids aren't really on Facebook as much. But the, the TikTok uh, phenomenon, do you think that's different or something that parents really need to be involved in? Yeah, you know, TikTok is such an interesting thing. And if you go on it and sample it yourself, there are, they are very short videos. They loop. They go very quickly, right? So they're 15 seconds to 60 seconds long, and they're highly addictive. They can be super entertaining because a lot of them are funny or, dare I say, just weird. And so you're fascinated by that. It's almost like watching a train wreck. But we know that kids spend hours and hours on there. So here's the thing about TikTok. There is, I think, a lot of, uh, you know, information on there that's uh, a little bit sketchy, that things that you probably wouldn't want your kids to see, but there are actually a lot of really great mental health uh, profiles on there as well. So if your kids are going to be on it, I think we can strike a compromise with them. It really depends on the age of the kid, of course, right? But if you're sitting down with them and saying, listen, I get that you enjoy TikTok. I think you think it's funny. You know, maybe you watch, you like to do the dances. But do you know there's actually really good mental health stuff or whatever they're into on there um, that maybe we can watch together? And you know, rejected, you know, they might be like, I'm never watching this with you, mom. But I think it's important that we find a bridge to enter their world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've often uh, there was a book. Um, oh, gosh, you'll know. Um, it's Queen Bees and Wannabes, Rosalind. Yes. Yes. Wiseman. Yes. yes. So Love she's her. brilliant in the world of the teen space, especially. But I remember there was a line in there that said, you know, when the kid comes to you and says, Mom, I want to show you something or Mom, come look at my account, which happens sometimes. They're like, drop everything because it's like at that moment where you have an opportunity to connect, it's usually going to work better on their schedule <laughs> yeah, than yours. So, you know, as we're talking about um, body image, maybe the way in is you let them, you know, they want to show you some game that rather than rolling your eyes and saying that's dumb, you like, OK, let me watch it. And then you have an opportunity to talk about what you're saying, which is the counteraction, expressing gratitude for what you do every day or um learning uh, what to do when you wake up? Is there something you could do a little bit before you jump on your screens that would be more positive for you? Yeah, you know, we are fighting an uphill battle when it comes to body image. And we don't want to get to the place where all of a sudden we start to hear the self-loathing. My goodness, I hate X, Y, and Z about myself. Mm -hmm. Because that statement comes out after there has been buildup inside, after have in thoughts inside, there's been some anxiety, you know, and it eventually spills out, usually as a cry for help. 
saying, I don't really want to hate this part of myself, but I do. And so hopefully we can get to them a little bit earlier. But even if that's the place where we're at with our kids, we, we start where, we're, where they're at and we meet them where they are, you know, telling our kids, just rejecting what they're saying is not working, saying you're beautiful, you know, we love you. For most kids, that's not enough. It's important for that to be there, but it's important for us to also say, what's going on with that? You know, what, why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. I don't see you that way. I'd love to know why you see you that way which is a little bit more presence of mind for parents who just go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. Don't say that. Don't talk like that. You know, and before, you know, I know we're going to run out of time, but the pandemic has shown not only a problem with body image, but with suicide ideation and other things that are really on there where I do think you hear kids say that more, even if they're not serious about it, you hear this, oh, if that happens, I'll just kill myself. Like in such a, 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 just, you know, off the cuff way. And I don't know if it's something on social media, but it does seem some of these things that we consider so serious as adults, they are maybe not grasping. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's been a disruption in the way that we just interact as humans. And that has affected kids on a very, very deep level, right? We need to see each other in 3D. We need to touch and feel and be hugged and love and be in person and interact. And for better or worse, that was gone for a couple of years. And so we are seeing a huge uptick in anxiety, in actual suicide, in uh, suicidal ideation. And so, yeah, there are kids that are saying things and they don't really mean it. And then there are a lot of kids that are saying things and they do really mean mm-hmm. it. You know, So we need to be extremely wary of what's going on, what's coming out of our kids' mouths. And I'll just reference it if you're watching here on WFC Plus for Kara's Curious. We just did a piece on suicide and prevention of it um, and, and the conversations you should be having with Dr. Laura Saunders so they can look over there. But as far as you, uh, Rena, you've got GoZen. It's a great resource for parents. They might actually like it because you designed it for kids. So these aren't these goofy ones that they go, why do I have to watch that? That's so lame. I mean, this was done as a way to make kids interested. Yeah, you know, we think that a lot of these topics are so serious, so why not add humor and kind of add in some stuff that they're already doing? We can't really compare with Fortnite or what's going on in Netflix, but it's a good way to get an emotional education in a way that's still fun. Yeah, and so I want to invite everyone to go to GoZen.com. And Rini, thank you for being here again and talking about such an important issue. We hope we can make a dent and let people know that real life's not filtered. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Rini. Thank you, Kara. Thank you, everyone. And there's more Kara's Cures episodes right here that you can watch on the cutting edge of wellness, so check that out. You can also follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin or join the Kara's Cures Facebook group. Have a great day, everyone. Be well.